1: this show truly is news talk for everyone. Let others know right now that you're tuned into quality news talk that matters. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. The broadcast begins now, now, now.
2: Well, good Tuesday evening, everyone, and welcome to your national award-winning family news talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shayna Thornton. Now, of course, I am Shayna, and I am so honored and thrilled that you have opted to join us live this very Tuesday night, May thirty first, twenty sixteen. I trust that you had one awesome long memorial holiday weekend, of course, at the time, um, was an opportunity to reflect on those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in the armed service. Services, okay, so I hope you and your family had a chance to reflect and also relax. Now, you should know, if you don't know, that Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton offers universal news talk for every single member of your household. Now, and I literally mean everyone. That means the kids. That means your aunt, your uncle. That means everyone in your network, in your community. Perhaps they're not in your household, but they're in your world. Our platform literally is for everyone, okay? We offer news talk in a very professional approach, allowing you to make your own decision, all right? It's very rare that I give any uh, opinion here on this show, Um, but we do seek the experts, the leading celebrity guests, who offer their professional perspective on the various topics and issues out there. Now, let others know that we are live right now tonight, this very Tuesday night, and they can actually listen in from anywhere in the world by visiting us on Blog Talk Radio. Radio. The website to listen to us from Africa to any part of Europe is slash shayna Thornton. All right? Or they can simply visit our very own website, The Radio Show, at www.letstalkamerica with Shana Now, also, please do remember to check us out every Saturday night live on the one and only Love 860 AM News Talk Radio station out of Atlanta, Georgia. Now, we offer new segments that you've never heard before, so you certainly want to check it out. Listen in while driving in your vehicle in the Atlanta area, or tune in from anywhere in the world by simply visiting www.love860.com. All right, everyone. So, Let's Talk America Radio is continuing to find ways uh, to deliver news talk that matters to you and your family. Well, tonight is the night. Uh, this is a very critical and important segment for. Everyone. Now, here on Let's Talk America Radio, we do a lot of health segments. But this segment tonight may be one of the most important uh, segments that we have ever done. We are spotlighting strokes. That's right, I said the X word. We are spotlighting strokes tonight on Let's Talk America Radio with a leading neurologist. This segment is so important because as many of you may already know, stroke or the aftereffects of stroke is the leading cause of disability here in the U.S., okay? I have an expert with us who's going to break this all down. Again, he is a leading neurologist. He is a neurohospitalist. He will break it down. He will take on the tough questions. Uh, the questions you want to hear, okay? He's going to provide those answers. Please uh, prepare to take mental notes, written notes, because this information can very well save a life or help with a quality of life. So please tune in. All right, and we're also going to talk about those individuals who've already had a stroke. We're going to talk about some of the healing approaches going on right now in the medical field. Now, we will also talk asthma and allergies tonight with a celebrated allergist. Please do tell a friend. Now, also in the news lately, there's been a lot of coverage of pain medications, all right, a lot of coverage on that. We are going to talk to a very well-known pain specialist, and she answers the real question about daily use of over-the-counter pain medication, okay? This literally applies to all of us. She wants you to hear her message before you take another over-the-counter medication for a headache, okay? And lastly, we will also spotlight real estate with an expert. He will discuss home value and so much more. You want to stay with us. Tonight's show it was not a very long one, but I certainly believe it's a very important one. And, of course, we will also present our signature in the news where we highlight the top global and national news that matters to you. And, you know, we love great news talk and conversation here, but we adore amazing music. And the music of Lindsay Slayton will actually air tonight, so you want to tune in for the entire show uh, this very Tuesday night because it's going to be some awesome music for you at the conclusion. Well, everyone, please, right now, message all All of your family, friends, colleagues, neighbors, everyone you know, and let them know that Let's Talk America Radio is on live. And we are covering a very important health topic. I'm talking about strokes. This affects so many families here in the U.S. and abroad. Let others know right now. Hey, if you happen to be uh, on the fabulous Facebook or you're on Twitter or Instagram, please hashtag LTA Radio. L-T-A-RADIO, all caps, the lowercase, it doesn't matter. Let others know that you are tuned into your very own family radio talk show. Let's Talk America Radio. L-T-A-RADIO, we are set to kick it off now. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton is in your ear. Let's get it going.
3: Do you need to see a doctor today and can't wait two weeks for an appointment? Are you tired of waiting for hours on end in the emergency room? Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia. Interstate 20, exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org.
0: Hi, this is Shirley, and we just love listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thor my name is Kavita, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Hi, my name is Nicole Dodd, and I'm tuning in every Tuesday at 7.30 to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton. This
4: is Audrey, and I'm listening to Let's Talk America with Shayna Thornton. This is such an awesome show. If you're not connected, you really need to be.
2: Welcome back, everyone. As always, I would like to personally thank all of our national partners and sponsors for this support. It truly is amazing priceless. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, of course, I'd be remiss if I did not acknowledge our weekly dedicated listeners. Thank you so much for sticking with Let's Talk America Radio. We appreciate all that you do for us, especially telling your family, friends, and network about this very show, your very News Talk program. So, thank you so much. Continue to stick with us. We have more programming and content for you in 2016. And, of course, that we have expanded now on News Talk in Atlanta. Again, that's News Talk, Love, 860 AM. Thank you, everyone. We have gotten the feedback on what we're doing there, and we really value your support. Stay with us. Well, everyone, if you've listened to the show before, you already know that it's time for our signature in the news. Now, if this is your very first time listening to Let's Talk America Radio, this is the opportunity where I share some trending local, national, and global news that's affecting you. Now, we are set to kick it off for this week. I would like to give everyone a gentle reminder that Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton has joined forces with the one and only SEB-TV Channel 182 News out of Georgia on the Charter Cable Network there, and we deliver the televised edition of in the news. Check us out if you're ever in the Georgia area. Of course, you can also catch that footage online. Simply visit our website at www.letstalkamericawithshanathornton.com and click on our Vimeo link, and there you can find all of our footage of the signature televised edition of In The News. Well, everyone, we're set to kick off the radio edition tonight, okay? So we're going to keep you informed. In the news, popular zoo puts down gorilla to save boy. The Cincinnati Zoo announced it will indefinitely close its popular gorilla exhibit after zoo officials fatally shot a gorilla that attacked a four-year-old boy who fell into the animal's enclosure over the weekend. Now The boy crawled through a barrier this past Saturday. He fell 12 feet and was grabbed by the zoo's 17-year-old male gorilla. Now First responders reported the 400-pound gorilla was behaving in a violent manner when they arrived on the scene. child was ultimately taken to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center and was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Some have publicly criticized the zoo for the animal's death. In the news, Texas hit with devastating weather. Texas was hit over the weekend with heavy rains and severe flooding. At least six people have died after heavy rains in Texas triggered severe flooding. Southeast Texas had Several evacuations, including the relocation of inmates at two prisons. Tropical Depression storm Bonnie brought rain and wind to both North and South Carolina over the long Memorial holiday weekend. In the news, extradition for El Chapo. Mexican courts recently approved U.S. requests for the famous drug cartel leader's extradition to the United States. Now, it's being reported that El Chapo has received guarantees that the U.S. will not seek the death penalty. Okay. Now, the extradition process can be appealed by his legal team within the next 30 days. El Chapo has been a well-known figure in the international drug trade business for decades, with charges of major drug trafficking, conspiracy, weapons possession, and murder hovering over him here in the U.S. and abroad. And finally, in the news tonight, hey, are you and the family planning for some fun outdoor activities this summer? Well, beware, a new study finds that nearly half of sunscreen products in the U.S. don't really offer the SPF factor they claim on their bottles. Now, researchers at Consumer Reports independently examined the sun protection factor, better known as SPF to many, value of 65 commercial sunscreen products, including lotions, sprays, and sticks and found that 43% of them had less SPF than what the label had printed on it. Experts advise you to reapply sunscreen often in generous amounts to help protect all skin from the sun. Now, the American Academy of Dermatology does recommend selecting a sunscreen that is at least SPF Well, everyone, that's our edition of In the News tonight on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. But stay connected with us. We continue the news conversation on Twitter. We love Twitter for our news sharing. My handle there is S.S. Thornton for the show, and myself is S.S. Thornton, all one and the same, S.S. Thornton. Of course, S.S. Thornton is spelled out, S-S. T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. Well, everyone, we'll be right back on. I am very honored to share a very critical medical segment tonight on strokes. Stay with us. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton Radio.
3: Are you looking for a company to install a security system in your home or business? Are you currently paying someone too much to monitor your existing security system? Look no further. Just call Alarm Monitoring Service of Atlanta toll-free at 844-GET-AMSA. For as low as $18.95 a month, AMSA security is fast, reliable, and rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau every year. That's toll-free, 844-GET-AMSA. Go to amsasecurity.com and get your first three months free along with a free home consultation. Use promo code MARCO or call Marco Robinson directly at 678-979-6744 to schedule a site visit absolutely free.
2: Welcome back, everyone. It is now time where I share our quote for tonight's show, and this is where I highlight an inspirational and motivational quote that hopefully uh, impacts you as it has myself. Well, tonight's quote comes from Nelson Mandela, who once said, it always seems impossible until it's done. Tonight's statement comes from the late of President of South Africa, Nelson Mandela, who once said, it always seems impossible until it's done. You know, what a powerful statement that really speaks for itself. We often look at a task, an initiative, an effort, or anything we're going through in life, and sometimes we take that deep breath and we are exhausted thinking about what goes into it. And sometimes we often think it just can't be done. But as Nelson Mandela so eloquently pointed out, uh, it can be done. And often we realize it until it is done. So uh, what a powerful message. Hopefully it impacts and inspires you this very night. And not sure what you're going through. Maybe you're on an up and ice. Maybe you're on a down. But either way, always remember that what seems to be impossible could possibly be the possible, all right? Well, everyone, I'm excited. In just seconds, I have the one and only neurologist, Dr. LaRoy Penix, who so joined me to talk about strokes, the one-on-one. He's going to break it down. Okay, please message a family friend, someone you know right now, and let them know that this perhaps is one of the most important conversations ever about strokes. Okay, we talk prevention and we talk treatment, so stay with us. You're listening to Let's Talk America Radio. We'll be right back in mere seconds.
0: Hi, my name is Kezia Alfred. For more information on my music, please go to keziaalford.com. That's K-E-Z-I-A-A-L-S-O-R-D.com or find it online at any digital outlet. I pray that my music blesses your soul and you are currently listening to Let's Talk America with Jane of the Lord Jim.
2: Welcome back listeners of your national award-winning news talk program Let's Talk America. You know, May is National Stroke Awareness Month and you know here we always spotlight the very important health issues that concerns you and your family. Now, stroke is the leading cause of serious long-term disability in the United States. Approximately 795,000 people suffer a stroke. Now, about 600,000 of these are first-time attacks with 185,000 being recurrent attacks. I'm no expert, but, of course, we seek those who know a lot about the topic. I'm sitting right here um, live with the one and only Dr. Leroy Penix. He is the director of uh, Piedmont Henry Stroke Program. He's a neurohospitalist, board-certified in neurology. He has been uh, in the practice of medicine for over two decades. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio, doctor.
5: Thank you for having
2: me. Uh, What an honor. Now, uh, this is a serious uh, issue, if people realize it or not. First, let's go to the basics. Uh, Dr. Penix, what
5: is a stroke? A stroke is a um, uh, injury to the brain that's caused by an interruption of blood flow to a part of the brain. Okay, that's, wow. a, gen- that's a general yeah. uh, definition.
2: Now, explain the different types of strokes because I've heard people say, "Well, my uncle, my dad had a stroke, but it didn't seem to resemble what someone else had."
5: Sure. So, uh, the different there are two major categories of stroke. Uh, there's what we call a ischemic stroke that makes up the vast majority of strokes we see in the United States. And that's when a uh, blockage in our artery um, occurs, and then that the blood flow to that part of the brain is interrupted or stopped, and, uh, and that part of the brain will die. Wow. Um, then there are what we call hemorrhagic strokes, which are due to a rupture or bleeding in, into or around the brain but that also can cause damage as well.
2: You know, there's someone listening right now um, in Sacramento, California that's saying, well, you eloquently explained it for me, Dr. Phoenix, but I have a question for you. How serious is a stroke? I mean, we hear about it, we hear some people bounce right back, they just started walking around a track, but how serious is this health issue?
5: Well, it's, it's a, a very serious public health issue, as you mentioned, you know, well over about 790,000 strokes occur each year in the United States. But also, a, the, uh, as far as the individual is concerned, the severity of a stroke really depends on, on the size and the location, and probably more important is the location of the stroke. Okay. So the type of deficit or... or um, uh, physical impairment, physical and mental impairment that occurs, uh, just depends on what part of the brain is involved with the stroke.
2: Wow, so it's pretty serious, and and I don't want to scare anyone. Uh, we have the listeners on right now from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but the reality is, some people die from a stroke. Correct, Dr. Bennett? Uh,
5: yes, uh, unfortunately, that we um, to the very severe strokes, people can can die. Uh, from From the stroke, and particularly the the bleeding or hemorrhagic strokes are a big concern at the in the first um, day or two and uh, and people can die from those, but the vast majority of people do survive a stroke and and um, and so therefore um, we are concerned about the the high death rate associated with the stroke, but then but the, probably a, a, as equal or maybe even a bigger impact is the, the physical and mental disabilities that occur after a stroke.
2: We're gonna talk about the healing part, the rehabilitation part, because I know you play a critical role with the organization you're with. But right now, going back to the basic question that I want to know so badly, is there an age range for stroke victims?
5: Well, there's a um, increase, with every increasing decade, there's an increase in the likelihood that a person will have a stroke. But we do, we are seeing strokes in younger people, and, and um, we are, uh, in Georgia, we're part of the stroke belt, which is in the southeast United States, and we see um, the average age of, a, of our stroke victims is younger than the national average. And uh, And it's primarily due to the the fact that that people have unaddressed uh, stroke risk factors uh, much more in this area.
2: So, uh, again, you're saying that, of course, the older we get, um, the likelihood is there. But I'm sure that you've seen in your practice, and you've been in uh, the practice of medicine for, again, over two decades, that someone in their 20s or 30s could also possibly have a stroke?
5: Sure, absolutely. Uh, It's rare, extremely rare. We, We see teenagers yes. occasionally uh, uh babies can, but those are extremely rare and okay. usually and due to different problems than than our older adults who have strokes.
2: Wow, of course we're talking about strokes right here tonight on Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. This issue can affect anyone. I am no expert, but you heard it yourself uh, from the man that is. I'm talking about Dr. LaRoy Penix. He is director of Piedmont Henry Stroke Program. He's a hospitalist, board certified in neurology, has been practicing medicine for many years. He's seen a lot of strokes, okay? He is talking with us. Tonight about it, you know, does genetics play a role when someone has a stroke?
5: Um, it's thought that genetics does play a role, and that still there's quite a bit of research being done throughout the country. and the, the National Institutes of Health are very interested in, in what the impact of of, um, of genetics is, and there there is some. But we but the general thinking is that our, our are what, what we call our modifiable risk factors. Okay. Are uh, play a much larger role. So, so you can't modify your genetics, but but uh, it, it, again, it can bring awareness that there's a higher risk of a stroke in a certain family group or whatever. So, uh, but again, the modifiable risk factors, things you can change and affect, are much are much more important.
2: Let's paint a picture that's very clear for someone listening uh, in the Bronx, New York, right now. What are the effects of a stroke?
5: So the the effects on an individual from a particular stroke really depends on the location of the stroke. So the so the brain is mapped out into and has uh, different parts of the brain have different. Um, responsibilities or effects, and so, um, so there's you know depends on where the stroke is. Okay. So, so there's part part of the brain that controls your your uh, movement and, and mobility of your arms and legs. Uh, stroke there may give you paralysis. There are parts of the brain that control your vision. Wow. Stroke there may may um, impair only impair your vision. There are other parts of it that that um, um, affect your memory, okay. and and a stroke there may give you. You know, short-term or some uh, primarily short-term memory problems. Other parts of the brain um, affect your behavior or your your ability to um, to uh, carry out complex uh, tasks and that type of thing. And that and that's in that sense, uh, those types of of strokes may be more uh, involved with. Dementia or other yeah. cognitive problems,
2: wow, and of course, if anyone's listening in and have a concern um, with any of this that I'm sure you're saying if they think that perhaps a mom or dad has had something where um, the brain is not working as usual, see a physician or take them to the emergency room immediately right doctor well,
5: it, so if they' if the onset is sudden if this is a sudden change in in um, in their ability to speak and their um, if there's paralysis drooping of the face um, uh, but a sudden change, sometimes a sudden, okay. se- severe, worst headache of your life. Those types of things that occur suddenly, then absolutely, then 911. People okay. should call 911. Not try to call your primary care doctor, not try to see. blow you into the car and drive to the hospital, but call 911.
2: Okay, and you're saying because time is of the essence, right? Absolutely. So yeah. let's not necessarily not. Of course, we love our, our network of physicians out there um, and medical providers, but you heard it yourself, Dr. Penick, Said if you suspect a stroke or anything with a sudden onset, call 911. Get the emergency uh, vehicle and, and the personnel involved. Because yes. you are playing with time uh, that makes a difference, I'm sure, Dr. Phoenix, in terms of rehabilitation or sometimes even life or death. Uh,
5: yeah, so we um, we kind of break up, <clears throat> if a person's had a stroke, we can break up different um, parts of or time um, around the time that they've had the stroke. So they, that, uh, what we call acute phase, which is in the first. Like up to eight hours or so, it's very important for people to get to a, okay. a hospital as soon as possible. And then we have treatments. We um, we have treatments at um, in in a hospital like our hospital here at uh, uh, Piedmont Henry. Um, we are a, a primary stroke center, so we're able to to identify, diagnose a stroke, and then start treatment with. Um, Medications like uh, TPA or alteplase is a is a clot dissolving medication. Yes. And uh, and we're able to use that any anywhere from up to three to four and a half hours from the onset of the stroke. Um, And and then we also um, um, have a a network where we actually uh, work with our comprehensive stroke centers. So. um, where we can then get those patients to the Comprehensive Stroke Center if they need intervention, such as removing a, a blood clot, mechanically. Okay.
2: Wow, um, right now I think it's a great time to bring up um, the components or a bullet points of the Emergency Action Plan that's sort of set out there. If you will, I'm not sure if it's universal or not, but I know you shared with me previously, there are some things we need to be doing if we suspect a stroke has uh, taken place. And I think the acronym is FAST, right?
5: Well um so fast is an acronym for recognition of the of the stroke symptoms, and that's it's really directed towards the the general public okay and uh where the f is for face meaning that if a person has paralysis or drooping on one side of the face or the other uh the a um, uh, is for arm yes and that's for um if they're demonstrating that they have weakness in their arm okay um The S is for speech, so if people have a sudden change in their speech, and then the T is for time, so meaning that, again, we have to, it's important to get the patients into the emergency room as soon as possible. Wow, and
2: the acronym again, uh, F-A-S-T, spells out FAST, and I guess just a reminder, right, Dr. Penning, that when someone suspects a stroke, if like you're saying, if the facial uh, expressions or something is drooping, Mm -hmm. if you will, paralysis, or if the arm is uh, drooping or feels numb, I'd imagine, right, Mm -hmm. okay? speech, you know, the slurred speech not really making sense, Um, and then time of the essence, act as fast as possible. You're saying don't buy time, don't call a neighbor to come in and examine it, or an aunt or uncle, let 911, let the medical um, personnel that work in emergency manner, let them handle that. Sure. Wow, I know that's very important Uh, from your end. Let's talk about a possible prevention, right? Because we understand that uh, sometimes things can be prevented, sometimes not. But I know you believe that there are some things we could possibly be doing sure. to help our chance to prevent a stroke. How do we possibly help ourselves prevent a stroke?
5: So, so our, um, by addressing our what we call modifiable risk factors. So so the big risk factors, um, the big four of those are um, high, high blood pressure, okay. hypertension. And so uh, recognizing and diagnosing hypertension and treating it and bringing uh, the person down to their, their target blood pressure. Um, then um, high cholesterol okay. is, uh, is another one that can be working with your primary care physician to identify whether you have that particular risk or not, taking, uh, using diet, exercise, okay. and, and taking medications to lower your, your cholesterol. Um, cigarette smoking is, oh, a, is wow. a, another one a okay. very very important one and uh, and so trying to stop smoking and enrolling yeah. into a cessation program using other nicotine products to to uh, transition uh, from smoking cigarettes. And then uh, diabetes and controlling wow. diabetes, wow. And keeping blood sugar um, in the target range, um, um, and those are the those are our primary um, risk factors that that uh, contribute to stroke.
2: Wow, uh, you know we have covered diabetes on um, this show recently. The D word keeps coming up, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much it just doesn't impact the blood sugar, but you're saying even possibility of a stroke?
5: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So stroke and heart attack can increase with people who have. Diabetes that 's not controlled I so, see. and the thing about diabetes is that um, so if if people do maintain a good you know, uh, blood sugar okay. within their range and their a and they 're able to over time bring their uh, a one C which is a marker for um, long term you know, uh, blood sugar control, then then they can dramatically decrease their stroke risk, heart attack risk. The risk of things like uh, diabetic neuropathy okay. and, and, and kidney problems. Yeah. So. So it's very important. To,
2: wow. You are tuned that. in to your national award-winning family news talk show, Let's Talk America, with host Shayna Thornton. We are spotlighting stroke. It is May, which is Stroke Awareness Month. I have the honor of sitting here one-on-one live with the one and only Dr. Laura Penix. He is the director of Piedmont Henry Stroke Program, uh, which, of course, is located in Stockbridge, Georgia, uh, a metropolitan of Atlanta. Uh, he is a board-certified neurologist. He's a neuro- neurohospitalist, and he has spent years in uh, helping those um, Uh, That have had strokes, unfortunately, but he's the man uh, who knows a lot about it. Uh, You know, uh, what's the biggest element that someone listening in right now from Orangeburg, South Carolina, or even if they're sitting in Locust Grove, Georgia, and they're saying, I don't want a stroke, Dr. Benning. I hear what you're saying. I know time is of the essence. I want to live to see the grandkids. Uh, I want to be um, in good health mentally and physically to do it. What's the biggest thing they could do right now?
5: Yeah, You're... Primary care doctor is going to be your biggest resource for, okay. for identifying the risk factors, stroke risk factors that you have and and working to try to minimize those risks. And, and that's going to be uh, much more impactful than waiting for a stroke to happen I and then trying to to rush in and, and, and reverse the effects of the stroke.
2: For someone that has already been diagnosed with hypertension, maybe they're on uh, antihypertensive medication, maybe they're on a dyslipidemia medicine uh, to treat their cholesterol, such as a statin or other uh, class of drugs, you know, please emphasize how important it is to be compliant, Dr. Phoenix, because uh, you know there's someone right there say, I don't want a stroke. My dad had a stroke. I am afraid of a stroke. But yet they're saying, but the blood pressure medicine, I don't feel like taking it every day, uh, you know, Maybe there's some side effects to it. Dr. Penis, you're a doctor. You know that most drugs have a side effect to it. They're complaining of the side effects, and they're skipping the antihypertensive medication.
5: Your words of wisdom? Well, so compliance is, is absolutely necessary, and um, the thing about it is that we we are now... I've seen the hypertension or uh, treatment evolve over the years, and, and now we have many different blood pressure medications, and so... And it's important if you do have a side effect or you think you're having a side effect from the medication, to bring that up to your primary care physician. And then we have other choices. So the fact that we have so many different blood pressure medication choices now typically means that we can manage those side effects and get rid of them. So if you have a particular side effect with one medication, then you can find other medications that don't have those types.
2: Wonderful. Stay vigilant in getting treated for the conditions you're being diagnosed with or uh, possibly not to scare anyone but to try to avoid a stroke,
5: mm-hmm. which, of
2: course, uh, then the compliance issue becomes a whole nother uh, component of it. Speaking of that, I want to talk about treatment right now before we wrap up. How has the medical landscape changed in the past decade in terms of treating a
5: stroke? Well, we um, for stroke prevention, we, we still use, you know, medications that, Prevent clots, and you know we have medications like um, um, aspirin, clopidogrel and, and those medications. That you, um, uh, but then we have uh, what we call blood thinners, or, okay. or uh, um, things like uh, warfarin and other, or which are the older ones. But we have several new um, um, me- uh, blood thinning medications for those people who may have. Um, um, atrial fibrillation, okay. which is another risk factor for stroke. And uh, now we have several different ones that actually may work better. Okay. Um, and, uh, and that's for the prevention. But then we have, like we've touched on before, that we have the acute intervention, important to get into the hospital to, for the possibility of reversing a stroke.
2: Wow. I love that. I know you all are doing some amazing things here um, at Piedmont Medical Center, right? If someone walks in with a stroke, I'm sure this hospital is reflecting what a lot of uh, good hospitals are doing out there um, in America.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're actually, so Piedmont has expanded. We we um, have several different hospitals now, and we're, we have a, a system-wide uh, stroke work group that, and we're trying to, to make sure that we are consistent with our, our treatment of stroke patients, no matter which Piedmont Hospital you go to. But we also are working with our uh, comprehensive uh, stroke centers here in the, in the area that, and if we need to, to be able to send patients to, uh, to them as quickly as possible. We're working on developing... Um, a, uh, a telestroke uh, wow. project that Amazing. we hopefully will be implemented by the before the end of this year okay. And um, so a lot of new wow.
2: exciting things. It sounds like technology has merged with medicine when it comes to the landscape of treating strokes. Yes. Yeah, wow, continue to grow. You know, we're going to wrap up. So thankful to have the one and only Dr. Laura Phoenix on uh, Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. Before we leave, I have to ask this question because it's a very critical one for me personally. I know for someone listening in right now, wherever they are, even if they're listening from Stockbridge, Georgia, where we're on location right now, if someone is concerned about having a stroke, Dr. Phoenix. Or think he or she may have already had one, okay, and they may be fearful, mm-hmm. right? They're saying, "I don't want one more piece of bad news," right? What should they do?
5: You still should call the call um, um, the nine one one. Okay, you can still call nine one and try to get into the hospital as soon as possible, because you you have an opportunity to to be treated, and, and even a place be placed into rehabilitation where, where you can uh, overcome any disability that yes. you have with stroke. So it's very important wow. and, and uh, to get in as soon as possible.
2: And we understand that fear is a real component for all humans. At some point, people become fearful. But you said it best, I think, capping off that, you're saying, because you can still buy time to be healed, mm-hmm. right? So ignoring the signs of a stroke, ignoring the pain, the uh, headache that just has not gone away, you're saying, Dr. Penix, it doesn't disappear.
5: Absolutely. And it, and it, could be, it can get worse. It can get worse. So it's very important to, to seek attention as soon as possible.
2: Wow. Thank you for all of your information. Again, Let's Talk America Radio, putting the spotlight on strokes with the one and only. We're very thankful for all of his knowledge and expertise here this Tuesday night. Talking about Dr. LaRoy Phoenix. again, thank you uh, for all that you're doing in the community.
5: Thank you.
6: This is award-winning medical correspondent, Dr. Bob Arnott and you're listening to Let's Talk America Radio.
0: Hi, this is Leslie. I'm
7: really enjoying the show. Let's Talk America keeps you in the know.
8: Hi, my name is Tina Harrell, and I just love listening to Shana Thornton on Let's Talk America.
0: It's wonderful. Please keep it going, Shana. Hi, I'm Yolanda, and I listen to Let's Talk America. Let's keep it going.
2: Welcome back, listeners, of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. There is is finally here, and allergies have bloomed for many of us, and I'm not quite sure where that can send you, but hopefully you're staying good health. But there's a lot of confusion out there, and right now we have the honor of having on with us Dr. Perve Paruk. She is an allergist and immunologist at NYU Medical Center. And we have Tanya Winders, President and Chief Executive Officer of Allergy and Asthma Network. Welcome, ladies, to Let's Talk America Radio. Tell us this, how does asthma conditions affect the lives of patients?
4: It can affect the lives of patients in many, uh, many different ways. Um, they miss work, miss school, um, often they wake up at night with symptoms, aren't able to sleep, um, and you know, overall can have an impact on even day-to-day activities.
2: Well, you know, do most patients simply accept their symptoms as part of the condition?
7: They do. In fact, at Allergy and Asthma Network, it's really the key reason why we decided to do the open asthma survey. And what we found is over 3,000 surveyed all asthmatic patients who actually shared with us that they felt they were well controlled. And then when we dug deeper and asked more specific questions, found as greater than two-thirds who had symptoms or limitations to their activities of daily living.
2: If someone is asthmatic as a child, are they asthmatic as an adult?
4: possible to outgrow asthma, but I just you know, want to make sure you can have asthma at any age. So, um, actually, out of the 22 million asthmatics we have today, majority are adults, and it's not always, it can be a chronic thing, but also it can come and go as well. That's why it's very symptom, so you can recognize it if it comes back.
8: You know, some people
2: may take asthma as just a common condition, sort of like the cold, it's no big deal. How serious is the
1: condition? Americans
7: would be surprised to learn that actually 10 people die each and every day here in our country.
1: Oh, wow.
7: So it is a very serious chronic condition. And, in fact, we have a lot of people, it's the number one reason why children miss school. It's one of the key reasons why people miss work. And so that's the disconnect that we found from our open asthma survey, is that patients say they're doing fine with their healthcare provider, and yet when we really objectively assess or have greater conversation, what we learn is that, in fact, they're not doing anything.
4: How have
2: drugs evolved?
4: Um, there has been some exciting evolutions of the uh, medications. As I mentioned, um, asthma can be very different from Person to person, um, some people have it every day, some only have it at a certain time of the year. So now there are certain medications that we can tailor based on your asthma, whether you have allergic asthma or exercise. Okay. Um, that's, that's the nice thing, but it is important that you are on the right medication so that's a controller medicine so that you don't have to flare up the medication.
2: You know, Doctor, how um, I guess. How common is it that someone, especially a child, can be diagnosed with asthma but go on to live a normal, productive life? Because you know there are a lot of type A parents out there that say, oh, they've been diagnosed with this. This can change the course of everything for our child's future.
4: Right. So it doesn't have to change the course of everything, and that's why the
2: is so key because there are some well-known athletes who are asthmatic, right? Yeah,
4: I think that most
7: Americans would be surprised to learn that actually about 10% of Olympic athletes have asthma. So, again, that's the highest level of competition, and asthma doesn't have to stop you from living out your dreams, whatever they may be.
2: Wow. You know, how can healthcare professionals and patients partner together um, to bridge the gaps and address the unmet needs for patients living with asthma? Well, on the International School for more information.
4: Absolutely. Your, your
7: audience can go to openathma.com to learn more about the survey results, but also to get some of these helpful tips that we've talked about today on recognizing your symptoms and limitations of activities of daily living, but also having a more effective communication between patients and healthcare professionals.
2: Thank you, ladies, for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio.
0: Go, go, go. This is Loneita Mitchell-Blackwell, editor-in-chief of both the magazine and you are listening to Let's Talk America with hope,
2: Stay tuned in America. Welcome back, listeners, of your national award winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Now despite the widespread prevalence of pain and high volume of pain medication used in the U.S., a new nationwide survey titled Understanding America's Pain reveals that many people lack a basic understanding about commonly used non and anti-inflammatory drugs, better known as NSAIDs by many people, and many take the drugs. Hey, nearly half of those surveys say they do not know what NSAIDs are, but uh, what's a little baffling about that, I guess, to uh, me and others, I'm sure, listening in, but we're taking the medication. Well, right now, I have with us two individuals to talk about it tonight, pain specialist Dr. Anita Gupta, and also (laughs) Penny Cowan, founder and CEO of the American Chronic Pain Association. Ladies, welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Thank
1: you. Thank
2: thank you. Now, um, this survey, it is eye-opening, a little hard-hitting for me. Uh,
9: Explain
2: this survey, because people are not really understanding the medications they're on?
9: Yeah, I funded the survey to really understand, first of all, people's attitudes and understanding of pain, and what we found out is that 8 out of 10 people are experiencing some form of pain. Okay. But of those, less than half of those people, you know, they're actually experiencing pain on a weekly basis, and only 31% of those people feel like their pain is actually controlled.
1: Wow. Yet
9: a third of the people are ignoring their pain altogether, not even mentioning it to the healthcare provider. And 60% of the people that we talk to don't even discuss pain management with their healthcare provider. So they don't know anything about NSAIDs. They don't know that the FDA's recommendation for taking the most, the lowest effective dose for the shortest amount of time and how important that is in their in their overall treatment of pain management. Dr. Gupta, you're a
2: physician, so now you see many, many patients, I'm sure thousands at this point in your career. Explain what's the hesitation in asking a doctor about the drugs and why they're on it.
8: You know, patients are just not comfortable discussing pain. You know, it is, there's a lot of stigma around discussing pain. Uh, you know, the survey really showed that almost 60% of individuals do not discuss how to manage their pain with the healthcare providers. And that's alarming, uh, given that there are 8 out of 10 individuals in the survey have experienced pain. You know, not discussing it won't get the options that are best for the patient, uh, and often won't open the lines of communication and education to understand what and sense can do and how they can be safe
2: in in treating their pain. You know, Penny and Dr. Gupta, I guess what goes through my head is, well, they're not talking necessarily to the medical provider, obviously pain specialists such as you, Dr. Gupta, Uh, but maybe they're getting their information from a family member, a friend, maybe online, and I'm not knocking online resources, but we know uh, some of those are not credible. We know that. There are opinions that are based out there with people often who have no experience in the medical field whatsoever. Um, That's a little scary, but I guess, group that that's a little harder to face, right? They're not going to talk to you, but they go look it up online.
8: That's correct. I mean, there are so many resources, and, and even as a physician, we're inundated with a variety of different resources of information. But, you know, for me and for my patients, I recommend them to go to websites that are knowledgeable. Go to the United States FDA. There's plenty of information there for patients on how to use MSED safely, uh, you know, understanding their core Uh, You know, recommendation about NSAIDs, about using the lowest dose for the shortest duration of time. Uh, Those are some of the most recommended sites and some of the best resources that are put together by experts and specialists, uh, pharmacists and doctors uh, to to really get the correct information uh, to patients. You know, as a pain doctor, I recognize that a lot of people are not um, discussing it. And so it's it's the responsibility of the physician and the patient to really talk to patients, ask those hard questions, to, to really recognize that pain is a really, really big problem. And also to recognize that there really is not enough information on how to use medication safely, specifically NSAIDs. You know, 123 million prescriptions of NSAIDs were written last year and one-third of individuals in the survey have actually used over-the-counter NSAIDs. So given those numbers, it's it's critically important that physicians and patients are talking about it.
2: You know, what are some of the risks of NSAIDs? I mean, obviously it provides some benefit, we know, because they're widely used for individuals, but what are the risks that it's important for those taking the survey and the rest of us to understand?
8: Right, NSAIDs can be safe and effective, but the risks are broad. They can cause heart attack, they can uh, be involved, they can actually cause stroke, They can cause bleeds in the stomach or the gastrointestinal lining. They can affect the kidney function, so many things. So, um, as you can see, there's many, many potential risks. And if you don't talk to your doctor about what you're taking, whether it be over-the-counter or prescription, uh, you won't know uh, how to to manage your pain and how to be safe with these medications. And, you know, there are uh, many other options that exist that are low-dose NSAIDs that can also be effective. Uh, and not discussing again with your doctor won't allow you to know what
2: those options are. You know, Penny, I don't want to overlook the obvious. You all are saying NSAIDs. Uh, many people uh, know what that is, but give us a few examples. Of course, we're not slamming any drug. We're just giving examples of NSAIDs so people can understand what they're taking. Because I think sometimes people buy medications from their local grocery or a retail pharmacy, and they're not really sure what class it goes into. So, what drugs would be an example of NSAIDs?
4: So NSAIDs include things like ibuprofen,
8: and ibuprofen is found in many different products. Yeah. For example, you know, Advil and Motrin contain okay. ibuprofen. There's other products as well, known as Excedrin, um, you know, Leave. These are also NSAIDs. Uh, so, again, yeah, many, many different types, and these are just to name a few. Okay. These are some of the more common ones, but there are prescribed ones as well um, that doctors use very frequently. So if you're using over-the-counter NSAIDs, their prescriptions, you know, very very problematic. Uh, you know, you need to have those conversations of what you're taking over the counter, so that your doctor can prescribe and also make recommendations on NSAIDs, so
1: that you're safe. You know, you're it
8: might be important for them to even make a list of all of the over the counter okay. prescription medications they're taking before they come to
9: see their their healthcare professional, so that they actually can see what they're taking and know if they are perhaps taking too many NSAIDs. Okay. And and that that will help the healthcare really know what direction
2: to go with the person as at least that piece of the, the pain management. Listeners, you're tuned in to your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. You know, Penny, tell me this. The, the survey is hard-hitting when I'm hearing it. I'm not a medical professional. Um, you all obviously work around this constantly, you and Dr. Gupta. But, you know, what can we gain from this survey? Because I'm all about solutions, even when we hear news that may be baffling or needs to be better at some point. What can we all gain from this?
9: I think there's a couple key points here. First of all, pain is a big problem in this country. Secondly, that there's a real lack of knowledge around NSAIDs, that you're supposed to take the the lowest effective dose for the shortest amount of time. But most importantly, you need to be able to talk with your provider so that you can understand exactly what you should be taking, how much you should be taking, for how long you should be taking it, and what are all the other options to manage your pain? Because medication is only one one component of a complete pain management program. So it's up to the individual to really have a meaningful conversation with their provider and okay. say, So what is my role in managing this pain? What can I do? In addition to all the medical treatments and all the other, you know, recommendations you may have for me. What what do I need to do in order to really live a full life in spite of my pain so that I can improve the quality of my life, increase my function, and reduce my senses?
2: Wow, quality of life. You know, Dr. Gupta, before you all leave us, you know, the pain conversation is a timely one. It's very relevant. But we've often seen the uh, future stories of pain and those who have abused painkillers or pain drugs, and more powerful, potent uh, drugs that reduce pain in individuals. And it's painted a, a sort of a disturbing picture to many someone out there listening to us right now, maybe they're in Sacramento, California, uh, maybe they're in Tampa, Florida, and they want to bring up perhaps a topic of pain with their doctors, but maybe they're hesitant to be seen as someone who's just looking to uh, get on pain medication. What would be your advice to those who are uncomfortable, they're awkward to bring it up, but they are living in pain and they want the effective solution where they can be as healthy as possible? You know,
8: the first uh, and the surest uh, solution is really a to- to mention it to your doctor or to your pharmacist. Uh, you know, sometimes family members can also be there during the visit to sometimes explain what, what they're going through. I have many patients that will bring their family members in during their visit to, to sometimes explain what, what they're going through day to day and how they're functioning and how they're not getting to places where they need to go. So sometimes involving others in that conversation with you, bringing family members into the visit, um, being prepared for the visit is, is some of the solutions, but really, you know, not being uh, you're not isolated. There are many, many other Americans that are suffering with chronic pain uh, and pain in general. And and knowing that you know that that, that you're not alone is also very, very important. Uh, talk to your doctor. Talk to a healthcare provider. Talk to your family member. Uh, it, it is critically important so that you can get the best options that are available. There are so many people involved right now: the FDA, the CDC, and yes. so many other. Uh, organizations that want to find solutions. So, you know, talk to your doctor to find those solutions and see if they're helpful for you.
2: Penny, where can our national listeners and international listeners both go for more information? I think the best place for them to go to is
9: to talk to their own personal health care provider because okay. they are the only ones that really know their medical history. Okay. So, you know, with that, I, we thank you very much.
1: Thank
2: you. And,
9: you know, hopefully people will talk to their doctor.
2: Thank you. Thank you, ladies both.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Hi, this is pop culture correspondent Diana Vega in Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Let's Talk America radio show. Stay tuned.
2: Welcome back, listeners, of your national award-winning news talk program, Let's Talk America. Hey, did you happen to know that May is National Moving Month, which kicks off the official home buying and selling season? In fact, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 40-plus million people moved last year in 2015, with the majority of moves taking place between the beginning of May and Labor Day, of course, that being September. Now, I am no expert on moving or selling houses or even uh, trying any of that, but well, we bring in the best experts and leading celebrities, and right now I'm honored to have with us Scott McGilvery. Welcome to Let's Talk America Radio. Many know you as a real estate guru, investor, and award-winning television host from Income Property, Flipping the Block, Urban Oasis, All American Handyman, and so much more. How are you doing this Tuesday night?
6: I'm doing fantastic.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh, What an honor to have you on. Um, Now, tell us this. It's May. We've got a lot of listeners from California to the east coast of Washington, D.C. You're in Miami, Florida, and they're listening in, and they're thinking about uh, selling the home. But, you know, it becomes that mental, emotional drain of, oh, I've got a stage. I've got to do all these fixing up and spend more money. Where should they start?
6: Well, uh, that's a great question. I mean, obviously moving is a huge ordeal for many folks, and we know that, obviously, everybody wants to get as much value out of their property as possible. Um, it's one of the things that we help people do all the time on our, on our TV shows. Um, and so when people say, what is it I can do in order to get top dollar for my property? Well, there's a few quick tips that I would say are fairly inexpensive. You know, probably get more buyers interested, maybe get a firm offer, maybe even get a higher price. Um, One of the things we talk about is staging the property, but staging means many things. For for most individuals who have a fully furnished home, uh, you may just need to declutter. You may need to take down, you know, some over personalized items or collections and let the space breathe. Okay. (laughs) Um, We usually talk about neutralizing the space, which would mean, you know, neutral colors. um, and, And so when someone comes through, they don't feel like they're invading your space. They feel like it's a bit of a blank slate okay. where they can inject their own personal items. Okay. Um, the other big one is, is repair and maintenance. I think a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of put a few things off because it's like, oh, it's my home and the shower might be leaking or the window needs caulking. These are the types of things that you definitely want to wrap up before
1: you list your home for sale. Okay potential buyers will
2: associate that with a poorly maintained home. Oh, wow. What great advice. Uh, Neil, you know, there comes a big question of where do you price the home, Scott, right? Because everyone wants to get the best on it, but I've heard uh, lots of rumors that some uh, sellers were overpriced and that, of course, doesn't help. I mean, what's the happy medium? Well,
6: over, over. Evaluating your home and listing it too high is detrimental. Uh, typically, that property will sit on the market longer. People will think something's wrong with it. Okay. Um, another big mistake people make is that they go online and they assume that the list price of homes in their area um, is is possibly you know the suggested price or the value of their home. Okay. When in fact, you know, it's sell it's sell price that. Uh, Determines what a home is worth, meaning you have to look at comparable properties that have sold in the area to determine the appropriate price of your home. Um, but most people will start their journey online. You know, you've got a lot of choices, almost every property is listed online, okay. whether it's through MLS or through a for sale by owner site. Uh, we use owners.com because it ports them all into one platform.
1: Okay. You get an idea of what's going on in your area, what other
6: Um, and then, you know, of course, because almost half of all purchases are now being done through online searches, um, you can also list with or discuss with one of these online portals. Again, we're talking about owners. Um, okay. They have agents, so you can talk to them. They'll do some of the work. They'll give you suggested prices, uh, and they can even list the property for
1: you. Wow. Now it
2: is 2016. Social media, online, is king and queen, Scott. Um, but from your perspective, you're a guru. You're an expert, but you're also a homeowner. I'm sure. Uh, do you advise buying online exclusively in terms of seeing never seeing the property, or do you suggest having someone go by and look at it physically?
6: Um, it, it's fantastic. If you can see the property in person, of course that is like okay. the, the ultimate scenario. Um, you know, sight unseen purchasing is something that I would say is, is best left to a more sophisticated real estate okay. investor who might be purchasing based on numbers or returns. Okay. Um, but if you're looking for a home, you should start online, see what's available, um, and then go out and start looking at properties. I wouldn't suggest just seeing something online.
2: Hey, and I'm no guru like you. Tell me this. When I hear the term curb appeal, uh, what does that mean?
6: Well, curb appeal means just that.
2: you know what, th- some of the items you listed may seem tedious, but you're saying that could just give the uh, potential buyer just a better feel about the home, right?
6: Absolutely. absolutely.
2: Wow. I love it. So on the flip side, before you leave us, we talked about selling the home, and I know, I think this new website also uh, offers things for those who are trying to find a home, right? I mean, when they're trying to figure out what's the best type of property for them?
6: Absolutely. So if you're, you know, if you're selling a home, usually you're buying a home at the same time is why, you know, we talked about Owners.com is, is a fantastic place to go online, look at what's available, and also see how you may position your home, but you might find your next home on there as well, and, um, you know, when people are spending so much money trying to fix their home up or so much energy trying to get top dollar, I also say that a penny saved is a penny earned,
1: Okay.
6: and um, using, using Owners.com, you can save on some of the commissions as well, so if you're selling your home. Okay. Um, You're getting exposure to the exact same amount of individuals as if you were listing it with an agent because.
2: Lastly, for those who are in the home market or uh, the buying market to get a home, maybe it's their first time. Maybe they didn't sell a home. They may be a little intimidated. Perhaps, Scott, in terms of saying, "Well, that's the price I have to take it." I know, perhaps you would say, just because, like you said earlier, just because it's listed as a price doesn't mean that's the price you have to accept, right?
6: That's correct. I mean, list price is a suggestion. A uh, property is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Okay feel confident about being able to negotiate that situation, you can have a customized experience where you talk with the um, with the buyers. Okay. Or, you know, I would suggest if you're a little more timid or you don't want to have that one on one negotiation, use one of the agents at owners.com to do the negotiating or the suggesting for you to make sure you get fair value.
2: Yeah, you can do it or find someone to do it. I love it. And tell us again, the website is easy to remember. Owners.com. Thank you, Scott, for joining us on Let's Talk America Radio.
6: Thank
0: you. I'm not a survivor just because I lived through the attempted murder on my life. I'm a survivor because, in spite of the attempted murder, I never gave up. This is Sherry Grace, author, inspirational speaker, and CEO of Beyond Your Scars. I'm very excited to partner with Shayna Thornton, host of Let's Talk America. For twenty five years, I've lived with second and third degree burn scars covering 30% of my body and a house fire that was set to kill me. Now, that flame continues to burn as my living testimony. I invite you, I challenge you, to join my Embrace Your Scars and Redefine Your Beauty Experience campaign. I really need your help to spread the word that there is beauty in the deepest places of our scars. My mission is to set a new trend that will spread throughout the world. Connect with me on my website, www.sherrygraves.com, where you can also purchase my tell-all book, A Fire Within, Someone Set a Fire and Left Me Forget, inspired by my true life story. And stay tuned for the debut of my Beyond Your Scars YouTube channel and blog. As a licensed clinical social worker, I offer personal development keys at my seminars, keys that help transform how I feel about myself. Now, I'm sharing these same keys to empower you to feel better about yourself. As a survivor of sexual assault, domestic violence, and attempted murder, I represent women and men all around the world. If you are looking for a speaker, someone who not only works in my professional career with survivors of abuse, but because of my own personal experiences with these same victimizations, my passion is to share love, hugs, and education in support of your organization. Email me at s f- one graves at msn.com to join my campaign. And simply say, Sherri, I want to be a part of keeping the flame burning. Thank you, God, for healing my deepest wounds, transforming them, and redefining what true inner beauty is to me. Now, I fear you to embrace your scars. I'm Sherry Grace. Love you. As always, stay blessed. Thank you.
2: Well, welcome back, everyone. That's a wrap for tonight's segment of Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton. Hopefully you were informed. Hey, if you missed a part of it or you simply want to hear this broadcast again, do know that you can listen to the replay podcast at any point at your convenience. Now, there are several ways out there. If you're on iTunes, you can certainly go there. If you're on SoundCloud, whatever is convenient, or you can simply visit our website at www.letstalkamerica. with Shana Thornton.com. All right. Check it out. Okay. These segments are yours uh, for your convenience. Listen to it at any point. And of course, as always, thanks for sticking with us. Well, we'll be on next week, same time, same place next Tuesday night at 730 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do mark your calendar. We will be back on with a live broadcast on Love 860 AM News Talk out of Atlanta this very Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. Hey, tell a friend about the show. We are going to be covering some very interesting topics. Again, those are new separate broadcasts. So simply join us on Love 860 AM News Talk out of Atlanta. But don't leave us yet. Music of Lindsay Slayton will air now. The name of this track is I'd Be Crazy. I'd Be Crazy by the one and only vocalist Lindsay Slayton. Check it out, everyone. Well, We will chat next week. Keep the news conversation going, okay? Connect with us out there on the various social media outlets, especially Twitter. We love to share the news stories on Twitter. The handle there is S.S. Thornton again. All right, we shall chat soon. Stay informed. You're listening to Let's Talk America with host Shana Thornton Radio. Let's Talk America with host Shayna Thornton Radio is an entity of Paget & Thomas Enterprises, LLC. All content original, copyright 2016. Views and opinions expressed by guests are their own. They do not reflect Let's Talk America Radio staff or production team. You found my-
1: Don't be afraid
3: for hours on end in the emergency room. Well, good news. Get Well Urgent Care is open seven days a week from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. Dr. Baruti and his well-trained staff specialize in minor surgical procedures like keloid removal, IV therapy, telemedicine, and a six-month physician-supervised weight loss program. Get Well Urgent Care is located in Douglasville, Georgia. Interstate 20, exit 37. Call 404-937-3508 or go to www.getwellga.org.